Welcome to the Period Queen podcast. My name is Lucy Peach and I want you to have your greatest period ever. Right, in this episode, we're talking about the do phase. Next week, you'll be laying that all-important egg, but first, phase two, time to do. You need to get ready. It begins on about day five or six once you've finished bleeding, and it takes you right through until around mid-cycle when you ovulate. In today's episode, we'll learn how this pre-ovulatory marathon of a phase brings the power for productivity And joining us for the Do Run Run is Dear Mama Kin. If you're tuning in for the first time, welcome to this companion podcast for my new book, Period Queen. I really do want you to have your greatest period ever to take your crown as a period queen and to channel the power in each of the four hormonal phases that are built into your every month. So which phase are you in now? What day are you? Remember that to activate your menstrual superpowers, you just need to ask yourself every day, where am I in my cycle? What do I need? And how shall I choose to channel my power today? It's a great practice to write a line or two every day about how you feel in your body, in your heart, and what you were inspired by, challenged by. After a few months of gathering this data, you'll start to see yourself through a whole new lens, and it's really, really worth it. Stay curious. Me? I'm ringing in from the skin of my teeth on day 29, teetering on the knife edge between being premenstrual AF in the take phase and just about to drop into the dream phase. I'm pretty bloody ready to bleed, to be honest. But thanks to meditation and being very protective of my personal space, I'm feeling about 46% less crunchy than I would be otherwise, and I'm very excited about this episode. Wherever you are right now, wherever you're listening, I want you to sit up straight, shoulders back, tits out, and take a deep breath fills every part of your lungs and exhale like a lion, as though you're about to take a big bite out of the world. Flex your biggest muscles, arms, legs, butt. You can laugh, you can feel silly, but then, without messing around, either out loud or just in your mind, say to yourself, I am powerful. I have great power. So. What are you going to do with it? After the depths of menstruation, 
In your do phase, you climb a metaphorical mountain to make your way up to ovulation. And I do mean up. If you like, look at the graph on periodqueen.com.au. You can see that the incline is steep. And it's a pretty dramatic transition from dream to do. One minute you're all zen, dreamy, ah, la 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 la. And then, provided you've got enough rest during your period, it's like something magically causes you to accelerate. Everything ramps up. And that magical something is estrogen. It makes you faster and stronger, and along with a little shot of testosterone just before ovulation, for a moment, you're actually superhuman. Look out, world. Like a bird hurriedly preparing a nest, you're gearing up to lay your egg. And first, you have things to do. All of the ideas that started to bubble away while you were slow and bleeding are now begging to be released and set into motion, which is why I call this pre-ovulatory time the do phase. This is when to put your plans into action, to start sowing the seeds you saved from last week. If you can, this is the time to schedule the most energetically expensive items of the month, like running a marathon, moving house, or starting a big project. Of course, it's different for everyone, while some <clears throat> are a little slower to start, others bolt right out of the gate. And it can be a bit overwhelming riding this wave, but the key is to just put one foot in front of the other and to back yourself because... In my book, Period Queen, I talk about all the ways you can use this do phase to organise, logisticise, to get things done to basically be a boss with a greater capacity for physical endurance and energetically expensive tasks. This week is a huge time and my son knows to back away from me or I'll start colour coding him and overseeing a major cupboard rehaul. But today you'll hear about what it's like to do from Danielle Caruana, aka Mama Kin, a songwriter, performer, she's a connection queen, a dear friend, and I often find myself asking, WWDD, what would Danielle do? It turns out that for a while, Dan did so much doing that she nearly came undone. But now she does things differently. So much so that her latest EP is called Are You Listening? And it's about listening to yourself. So now let's listen to her. I called Dan in a little recording cabin in the southwest of WA and asked her about her very first period. Well, Lucy Peach, I was 14 when I got my first period, so I had been lying about having my period for about five months at that point to my school friends, and I would just like randomly say to people that I had my period. I was so frustrated that I, I was the last one to get it. I'm the youngest of six kids and um, the fourth daughter in the family. So by the time I actually got it, I was so ready. I was at school when I got it and I was just stoked. First I was like, mm, what's the brown stuff? And then I was like, oh, that's, this is it. This is the moment. Went home, told my mum. She made me a cake and we were rolling. So finally, her first period and a fruitcake to mark the moment. But after spending the first two days of every subsequent period writhing in pain, she was given a laparoscopy diagnosed with endometriosis and prescribed the pill. So 
from the time of getting my period till by the time I was 19, I was only having four bleeds a year, which I thought was bloody fabulous because I didn't have to manage the pain. So it's pretty, pretty skewed, really, pretty skewed entry into my relationship with it. It's interesting that what dominated Dan's early menstrual experiences was excruciating pain and then just turning it off, the whole thing. That was the solution available to her. Thankfully now more time and money is being invested into this condition that affects one in ten menstruators. I asked Dan how she learned about the rest of the menstrual cycle. It was like on switch off switch as far as there was always the stigma around PMT and PMS. Um, I remember hearing though that acronym long before I even knew what they, the words meant but knowing that it was a stigma and it was a way to kind of uh, write off a woman's expressive or moodiness um, with three simple letters. And I remember that feeling of just being like, yeah, this is a bad thing to have this explosive feeling, but I remember definitely having it. So to be honest, the first time I really started feeling into the different stages of the cycle was when you supported me at a gig and we were in the Nanup Town Hall. It was the first time we met. And you said, what day are you? And I said, uh, first I was like, why is this new person in my life asking me this? I like this. And I said, I'm day one. And I sort of said it like, oh, I'm day one, right? And you were like, oh, perfect, reflective. This was back in 2012, a few years after I'd read The Optimised Woman by Miranda Gray, who describes the period or the menstrual phase as the reflective phase. And Danielle was an immediate adopter. And I was like, just tell me everything. Tell me what are you speaking of? What is this magic that you speak of? Like, Because I was really bracing myself for a really hard gig. Danielle's brother, who played keys in her band, had just had a motorcycle accident right before her album tour kicked off, which meant a complete reshuffle at the last minute. And on top of this, just before the first show at the Nanup Town Hall, her period came. And just that one sentence of you going, oh, you're going to have access to all this reflective energy, just totally flipped. But this was the first time someone had given me a doorway into, this is a good thing. This is a good thing. I mean, it just felt like a magical thing that you were there to kind of sprinkle that fairy dust. I remember you also found a peach tutu in the roof cavity of the hall that night and wore it on stage. So I feel like it was a bit of a special night for both of us. I don't want to call it too early, but um, feeling like that might have been one of the most special nights of your life, maybe, Lucy. I mean, I don't want to call it too early. After that night in the town hall with the peach tutu, which was definitely a special night for me too, and now the peach tutu is in my roof, Dan was a period power convert. But straight away she identified that it was the do phase that was the one with her name on it. So I've never had a great relationship with rest. I've never had a great relationship with self-care. So, of course, those weeks when I need to be more caring and nurturing to myself don't come easily to me. And this particular week always has. So that's, that's a no-brainer. I can do run run with the best of them. My ideal state back then or, you know, in the past would have been that I could have been in this part of my cycle for every week of my life. So when it would come, I'd be like, yeah, yeah, this is me. This is me. Whoa. Can you imagine? To just revisit the seasonal metaphor, the pre-ovulatory do phase is like your spring. And to be permanently springing would be exhausting and also very bad for people with hay fever. But if doing is so good, then surely more doing must be better, right? Dan's do phase went into overdrive. And there's also that, you know, that's one of the things when I first heard about this, this 
um, this idea of the cycle being four parts, is initially I put a lot of pressure on this week. I was like, what do you mean I only have one week where I'm my highest functioning self? So I would go nuts, crazy in this week, and I, over, I would overschedule this week. The do phase is flashy and fast, and it can hog the limelight because it's often the time where we are most rewarded. Yeah, rewarded is the right word. It is so the right word. I felt rewarded in that part of my cycle, seen, validated in the outside world, you know, like I'm really getting a kickback. So then actually other parts of my cycle felt indulgent. They felt lazy. They felt, they felt a bit like depression, you know, and so it was easy for me to go, I'm just rejecting this completely because this is me slipping. Her do phase was driving at the expense of her other phases, the more inward and softer parts of herself. But even so, for a while, the rewards were still so worth it. But then things started to change. Where I used to feel like I could do a lot, this week now sometimes feels like a week of agitation. It can make me feel um, like I'm not achieving enough, like other people around me are not achieving enough, like there's too much laziness. When you're riding high on peak estrogen, the glacial pace of mere mortals can be excruciating. Why are they talking so slowly? God damn it. It can be a time of managing impatience with everyone around you. But when you're out of balance, those closest to you will feel it too. It was my husband that brought it to my attention of just going, hey, I'm just starting to notice that there's this time where you want everyone to come along with you and when we don't, you're not achieving the week you want to have when you've just got all of this kind of new energy and it's really not working for everybody else. In fact, it feels like you sort of go taskmaster crazy for a week and then we're left with the hangover when you're ready to have everyone over for dinner and we're still getting over it. Dan's talking about powering through the do week and then celebrating with a dinner at ovulation when she was feeling softer and ready to connect. But at this point, her family was still getting over the whirlwind of the week before. Which I couldn't hear originally. I was just like, yeah, nah, nah, I, this is like, this, this is my week. This is my week, uh, you know. That worked for me because I was very signed up to the paradigm that I was only useful if I was operating at a very linear, can-do, output-driven, outcome just like do 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 run run kind of way. And it wasn't just her husband who noticed the fallout of her do phase. My manager at the time who said, hey, we've got a bit of pattern forming here. We are booking and unbooking things every month and something else is going on because you are all out and then you are all not. So after hearing the perspectives of those closest to her, Dan realised that the do run 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 was running her into the ground. From that, I started checking into that, that part of my cycle anymore and realising that it actually was not working for me. So it's taken a real readjustment. As, as I've gotten better at week four and week one of caring for myself and allowing for the lead-in. Week four and week one being premenstrual and menstrual, respectively. This particular week for me took a, took a level of unpacking because I realised this is the week for me, if we can go there for a second, where the patriarchy really lives. Yes, let's definitely go there. Because this phase is considered the most masculine part of the cycle, which is why it makes so much sense that we can feel very affirmed here. 
We live in a world that is a slave to the linear and a stereotypically more masculine way of being. So many people feel that this post-period phase is just a return to their normal because they feel relieved to be rewarded again for being productive in a way that is most valued by society. Danielle related to this too. Mm. Yeah, I liked it. I liked being the taskmaster. It put me in a position of control. It was safe, super safe for me. So, but then hearing my partner's experience of that as I, as I sort of got better at all the softer bits of me and that was less of my, my strong suit in general, when he would see it again, he'd be like, hey, this is the part of you that causes us a lot of problems. I'm like, oh, shit. Oh, and it's really destructive. It's a, for me, what I thought was my strong suit Turns out it was actually my, one of my great destroyers of my wellness. So after defining herself through the do phase and then realising that it was actually eating into her relationship with herself and everyone else in her life, what did she do to restore the balance? As I sort of subtly brought more of that feminine, allowing, caring, self-care, um, softness into my bigger picture this was the final building block that had to sort of crumble and be rebuilt. Rebuilding this part of her cycle was enabled by exploring the other phases that had previously been more challenging. The alignment with one aspect of yourself and how that is one of the greatest things I've taken from this teaching is that every every season is welcome and actually attending to every season with enthusiasm and presence is what makes every other season what it needs to be and gives the capacity. And what has helped me the most with that was actually just collecting my own data around my own cycle and being genuinely interested in it so that I can maintain connection to myself and my outer world because those, that, is, that is my highest value point. That is the most important to me is connection. And what was getting in the way of that connection was my self-talk around it not being linear enough, my urgency when it would be there for everybody and how critical I was being. Those things were really getting in the way of one of my most important value points, which is connectivity with my people, you know. So it wasn't just a kind of, ah, this is kind of interesting. It was like, this is crucial. This is crucial for the quality of my life. In a nutshell... What helped Dan to restore balance and be where she was, was accepting, exploring and welcoming each phase on its own merit, and also charting her cycle to note how she felt on different days. I ask her what she tells herself now to keep her do phase in check. So just challenging everywhere there's rigidity, hearing the should, listening for that should, and going, okay, what I hear underneath that should is a, is a genuine desire to spend energy but how could I do it in a more less in a less rigid way? Because the rigidity is the problem here, not the, not the energy. The energy is not the problem. The rigid framework around the energy, that's the problem. And play for me is the ultimate pathway, permission to play and play um, is the ultimate antidote to rigidity. So in an ideal world, what does Dan most want people to learn from her experience with the do face? I'm really glad you asked that question. They would use the energy as much for to do run run as they would for play. It is such a great time of the month to be 
super physically and um, mentally playful. Really, this week for me has become more of like, it's a cheeky week and more about um, stretching and expanding and popping and locking and kickball change. You know what I'm saying? Like just actually use it for play. And I think that as a practice in this time of big energy is a perfect antidote to that outcome, linear, masculine energy that's kind of really surging there. I think if you temper that with play, then I think the balance could kind of come in a bit there. So yeah, I wish I had another couple of decades of period now to like be owning it to kind of, because now I'm getting, this, I'm getting the hang of this thing, you know, I'm really getting the hang of it. But yeah, she'll be gone soon. I tell Dan that whatever comes next, we'll be doing it together. And that all of the stuff that we've learned from all of the phases and all of the cycles will take with us into menopause when we don't need blood anymore to remind us. I'll be a bit before you, but yes, I'll mow the lawn for you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. This too shall pass. <laughs> You're alive, I almost forget to ask, Dan, what day are you on now? I'm day 13, so I'm just tipped over into, well, I'm sort of at the end of that do-do, run-run phase. Dan has a shortish cycle, so she ovulates sooner than someone who has a 29 or a 30-day cycle, for instance. On day 13, she's tipped over into the give phase after ovulating. I did notice I was a tad more symmetrical this morning. <sighs> I was putting my face all on and being like, look at you. Yeah. I thank her and ask her if she has any questions. Instead, she says two lovely things. No, I don't. But I would like to say before I go that I'm just very grateful to have been speaking today from the lands of the um, Wadandi Buja. And I'm very lucky to live on the banks of the Wudijup Billa. And um, yeah, I look forward to a time where we can all connect to so much knowledge that we have left behind and so much native knowledge out there about the inherent practices, tribal and otherwise, that supported women through these different times from both from both the masculine and the feminine perspective. So acknowledge that there's a lot of a lot of knowledge in these lands right here that we speak from. And I dare say some of it comes up through us and I look forward to all the ways that we learn can learn more about it. Thank you for teaching me. Thank you so much for teaching me. So you just heard about one way to do from someone who's been exploring her cycle for a few years now and discovered that just like with the dream phase, when you have your period, you don't need to push here either. After your period, feel your energy rising and enjoy the ride. I also call this the fucks for days phase. So let yourself off the chain. Use all the fucks wisely, joyfully. Use your do power to whip your life into shape, to make decisions, lists, to attack a spreadsheet, refresh your business plan, or your veggie garden. You do you. Especially as you come to the end of this phase and get a hit of testosterone, you're on fire. Kicking goals, taking names, but then get ready to enjoy the softness of the next phase. 
and be satisfied that you did the do just right for you. I'd like to thank Modi Body for helping me do this Period Queen podcast. And if you haven't already, while you're doing and organising your life, get yourself some period pants for your next dream phase. If you're digging period power and want to go even deeper, you can get Period Queen wherever you get books. You can visit periodqueen.com.au for more information. And if you want to delve really deep, visit redschoolonline.net and do a short course in menstrual cycle awareness. Don't forget to use Peach for a discount. Next week, I'll be chatting with the divine menstrual coach, Claire Baker, about the give phase and why ovulation is just a wonderland. I am magical. Mm. I am a super woman. Yeah, I'm incredible. So go do, in a playful, cheeky fashion or whichever one feels most doable and great for you.